0: My Wife Needs a Break, episode number eight. It's Rui here with you again. We're keeping consistent, people. This is five weeks in a row now with a consistent release time for the podcast. I'm very happy about that. So I appreciate y'all taking the time to listen. It means a lot to me. Uh, Hopefully you're finding it enjoyable and you feel like the podcast is kind of getting a little bit of of a flow to it, getting a little bit of a kind of a, a groove, if you will. So episode number eight, it's called Let's Meet in Vegas. Let's meet in Vegas. The end of episode seven, um, I told y'all that I was going to be going to Vegas for a family trip over the weekend. Um, And because of that trip, it's kind of shifted a little bit of what I'm going to do this week. So for the last couple of episodes, we've been kind of going through my comedy influences and talking a little bit about um, how they impacted me wanting wanting to do stand up. And also just playing some of the clips um, of the legends that I followed. Um, Legends in my eyes. Maybe some of these people aren't legends in everybody's eyes. I think the first two have been pretty, you know, undeniable. You know, we had Dave Chappelle for episode six, Chris Rock um, episode seven, you know, playing some of their clips, talking about how they made me want to do stand up. Um, So we still have eight comics left on that list of 10 comics that I originally started with. And those comics in no order that are remaining obviously we're just kind of going all over the place it doesn't really matter it's not like a top ten for me it's just like a ten, 10, uh, 10 person list if you will uh, remaining on that list are George Carlin Eddie Murphy Jamie Foxx Kevin Hart John Leguizamo Martin Lawrence uh, George Lopez and Dane Cook now My plan was that I was going to do that 10 episodes straight. I was going to always have a different comic I was going to focus on. And that kind of is going to shift this week a little bit just because of um, the trip in general. So this week's episode um, is going to cover uh, the Las Vegas trip as much as I can fit into the episode. So kind of what I did on that trip with my family and how that was and all that good stuff. And then uh, this week's comedian is going to kind of be featured a little bit. Is uh, Sebastian Maniscalco Um, Sebastian is a very funny guy He's got um, a a Netflix special A couple of Showtime specials Um, And he was in Vegas over the weekend When I was there with um, my wife and the family And my wife and I went to go check out his show um, At the Coliseum at Caesars Palace And this was the, the final show That Sebastian was doing Before he goes to New York this week And films his next Netflix special um, so it's called the Stay Hungry Tour. So we went to check out Sebastian. And Sebastian's been uh, one of my favorite comics um, over the last like year or two. Um, so I thought it would be cool if I played a couple of clips of Sebastian and talked about going to see him live um, before he films his special. So I thought that would be cool to cover as well. So the clips are going to be of Sebastian instead of that top 10 list. Um, so we'll play a few clips from Sebastian. Um, I think it's be a cool... Thing Because um, all the clips that I picked for this week kind of play into the vacation theme or the Las Vegas theme of the show. So I think it'll be pretty tight. So I'm excited about that. Um, and as always, we'll wrap up talking about kind of what I'm doing with stand up and things of that nature. So got another couple of songs to add to the playlist. If you keep up with the playlist, if you listen in the Anchor um, app or on Anchor.fm, you get to hear clips of the music that I add to the list um, every week. So this week's music that we're adding to the list is going to be uh, Ty Dolla Sign featuring Gucci Mane and Quavo. It's called Pineapple. Real catchy song produced by Hitmaker aka Youngberg. A lot of fire beats that guy's been putting out lately. Um, I'm a big fan of, of the music he's been putting out. Ty Dolla Sign one of my favorite artists. So I think it's a cool record. Real catchy. Um, I think it's going to be real popular. Uh, the second record that I'm going to add to the playlist this week is by a new artist that, that I just kind of recently just heard about, um, at the barbershop. And then also just, um, kind of through listening to a couple of different playlists that I was checking out, um, this artist, um, and I could be mispronouncing names cause I haven't heard a lot about them, but, um, I believe it's, uh, Odie. um, name is Odie O D I E. Um, it's a 21 year old artist, um, Nigerian heritage was raised in Toronto, Moved to the West Coast um, at 12 years old and now um, he's based out of San Diego, which is pretty cool. I live in San Diego. Um, This record is called North Face. Um, He's inspired by a lot of artists, but one particular that he says he's inspired by, which you could clearly hear in the record, is Kid Cudi. So if you're a fan of Kid Cudi, I think you should check out this record that I'm adding to the playlist this week. So as always, you can check all the new music that's getting added to the playlist on um apple music my wife needs a break if you check that out um again you can you know easily get to all this stuff if you just go to ruicomedy.com um it's all there as well so those are the two songs i'm adding to the playlist this week so um check those out i think they're pretty dope i think you'll like them all right so again this week's episode we're going to be talking about my las vegas trip with my wife and, and, and the family uh sebastian Maniscalco, checking him out Um, And then I'm going to touch base a little bit about kind of what I've got going on with comedy and stand-up and upcoming shows and all that stuff. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Again, this is episode eight of My Wife Needs a Break, and I'm hoping y'all really enjoy it. We're going to jump right here into a clip. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, this is off um, his, I believe it was 2015 Netflix special called Aren't You Embarrassed? Um, And... It's a real funny bit, uh, kind of about going to Las Vegas and the type of people you see in Vegas. And I thought it was a cool segue to start with that and then jump into the Vegas trip itself. So hopefully you enjoy it and, um, makes you want to check out some more Sebastian stuff as we talk about him throughout the show. So right here, Sebastian Maniscalco talking about the type of people who have no shame that you might see if you venture to Las Vegas.
1: Certain cities I do not like going to. I'm not a Vegas guy. I know a lot of people love to go to Vegas for a weekend. I don't know. You could see a good portion of the population that descends on Las Vegas over a year. And I'm here to tell you, we're in trouble, okay? We're in trouble as a nation, if you look at Las Vegas. I don't know, is anybody embarrassed anymore? Is there any embarrassment? Is there any shame? I'm checking into a $2 billion property, right? Beautiful. Italian marble, five star restaurants, Chihuly art hanging from the ceiling. And I look to my left at the check-in thing. There's a group checking in with an igloo cooler. (laughs) Right, not even the new one. Duct tape on on the handle. Ten cases of Schlitz. George Foreman grill? What are you gonna do? Grill chicken in the room? Aren't you embarrassed? Ah. The place reeks of cash. Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra used to come, tuxedo conflicts and you brought chicken pies?
0: So the one thing about Sebastian Maniscalco as a stand-up comedian that I'm I'm kind of sad that through playing the audio I don't know if it'll always come through there's points even as I played that first bit that maybe you're hearing really big laughs in in the clip but you're not understanding why because what he's saying isn't like groundbreaking or super, like you know, like deep or like quote unquote smart. And some, you know, some comedians think you need to be so smart and like you know, just so creative. And like Sebastian's just talking about real shit. But the thing about him is he's a very physical comic, um, which to me is something that is is cool because I don't tend to be the most physical yet. I'm still trying to learn how to make that work and be natural for myself. But Sebastian is super physical facial expressions are hilarious um i'm playing all clips from his netflix special so it's easy for y'all to go back and watch like he's got multiple specials out i highly recommend it again we're gonna play a couple more of his clips but um a lot of times you're gonna you're gonna hear big laughs and you're gonna be like oh that wasn't that funny if you saw it in its entirety you'd see like how good this guy really is um i'm a big fan of sebastian and you know, I think it's a cool way to start off the podcast because um, we went to Vegas this weekend. I was in Vegas from Friday afternoon until Monday morning. So we spent the weekend in Vegas. And yeah, Sebastian's making fun of people who, you know, let's go to Vegas for the weekend. Like, that's me. Like, that's what we were doing. Me and my wife, since moving to California, do have done that a lot. Um, this trip was different because we went with my wife's family. So who are also my family? I don't, I, I think I'm just saying my wife's family because to be clear, like which side and who's, who was there, you know what I mean? But, um, they're my family. You know what I mean? I'm, we're, we're, you know, we're a team where I'm part of the family, but, um, it was my father-in-law, uh, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law and, um, a cousin who was essentially like a sister to my, to my wife. Um, and then also, um, her best friend who's like family essentially. And then, um, uh, our aunt as well. So my father, my father-in-law sister. So it was a real family affair. Um, this is a the first time in a long time that there's been any kind of a family trip. And especially that wasn't to like a specific person's house, like or anything. It wasn't to like, you know, visit someone somewhere. It was to meet up and go to Vegas. And you know, my wife was real excited because, you know, this is a big deal for her because she goes to Vegas and she's known uh, for going to Vegas. So I got there on Friday. Everyone else got there on Thursday, so I couldn't take all this time off of work because, you know, that's how it be sometimes. Um, I had to save vacation for other stuff. So um, I decided that instead of taking the one hour flight that my wife took on Thursday, like I dropped her off at the airport and in an hour she was in Vegas, um, I decided that instead of flying and paying money on that Friday that I would just leave work a little early so I don't have to take vacation and I would drive to Las Vegas talked about this on the first episode of the podcast um we went to vegas over mlk weekend with some friends it's not a bad drive but when you're from rhode island originally the idea of a five hour drive seems like very daunting because you know rhode island's so small like i mentioned in the past um, but it's not a bad drive in my opinion it's really like a four and a half hour drive but you always got to stop once for gas unless you're driving like a prius or a tesla or some shit like that I'm not. So it's just me and in, in my rav 4 and a bunch of music, you know. Just put on the tunes, I threw on some R and B, just singing my heart out, you feel me? That's why we got a lot of a couple like more R and B singy songs kinda on the playlist this week because that's what your boy was listening to on the ride to Las Vegas. So um I take the trip to Vegas. We get to Vegas, I'm there, probably get there around five o'clock. Now We stayed at Bally's. This is the first time we're staying at Bally's. If you know me at all and you know my wife at all, you know that when we go to Vegas, we usually stay at MGM Properties. Bally's is not an MGM property, but it was the best deal for the whole fam, so that's where we stayed. Um, Bally's don't have free parking. They used to. They used to have free valet and everything. They don't now. My wife, because she's a baller, and she'd be doing her thing at the casinos, she got a certain status with her um, MGM, like M life card that allows us to park for free at all MGM properties. So what I did was uh, on my wife's re- recommendation, I parked myself at the Bellagio, which is across the street from Bally's. And I don't give a shit. I got no shame. I parked at the Bellagio and I trekked my ass through my luggage and everything straight through the casino, right across the walking bridge and took my ass to Bally's. That was where that's what I did. Um, the trip started, I, I kid you not the trip for me started literally as soon as I got there. So I went to work in the morning from eight in the morning till about almost lunchtime, like around 11, 1130. Then I got in my car, took my luggage and drove my ass to Vegas. I got to Vegas around five. I was probably at the hotel room by like 530, said what's up to my wife, changed clothes, took a dump because that's important. You gotta be, you know what I mean? You gotta stay regular. And then proceeded to go to a buffet which then resulted in me being in the bathroom yet again if you ever want to clean yourself out when you're in vegas just go to a buffet and do your thing and you will you will clean your system out it's a it's it's a lock so we hit a buffet with the fam and then the the first activity we did now all the activities were planned kind of like family style so we're all going to go to stuff we're all going to do stuff my mentality is normally when we go to Vegas, me and my wife have kind of like a structure. What we do, we, we gamble. I'll talk about gambling in a minute because my wife's style of what she does has changed a little bit. She's she's getting interesting. She's a little bit more of a degenerate than I think she's been in the past. But we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. But we gamble. Uh, my wife takes a lot of naps because she's a cat napper. She takes her naps and then she gets re-energized and then we go. um, we eat a lot of food. So we, we do buffets. Um, if you want a recommendation on buffets, uh, when you go to Vegas, go to the Aria, go to the Aria buffet. You can go for lunch. You can go for dinner. It don't matter. I think it's the best buffet in Vegas right now. It's amazing. It's a great buffet. I highly recommend it. We hit up a bunch of places to eat food, different places we check out, um, all along the strip and, you know, we try to make it into old Vegas too, but We do a lot of eating and then we always hit a show up. We always go to a show, whether that's um, Cirque du Soleil. If you want to see a Cirque du Soleil show, I'll give you a recommendation right now. Go to the MGM. Check out Ka. Ka is a a, a relatively inexpensive one compared to the other ones. Um, But it's a good show. There's not a bad seat in there. It's great. So I highly recommend it. Um, Very, very cool. If you want to spend a little bit more money, and you're into music as well. I would say you could check out Michael Jackson One at the Mandalay Bay, or you could check out The Beatles Love at the Mirage. Two good ones that are really music focused. Um, if you really like Michael or you really like The Beatles, I think it's it's a great way to spend your money. If you're more just looking for music and a dance type show, go watch the Jabberwockies because they kind of do a lot of elements of like the funny aspects of Cirque um, into their kind of like dance routine thing. So. That's some recommendations on shows. But that's usually what me and my wife do. We kind of have a structure of what we do. Um, If it's the summertime and it's nice, we might also do a pool day, get a cabana, chill, um, the encore and win, have some dope cabanas, very fire, I recommend. Um, So that's normally what me and my wife do. We normally don't do a lot of crazy activities. We more just do basic ass Vegas shit where we're, we're like old people, you know? So this trip, however... The family was involved. I got to shout out my sister-in-law. Um, she was really focused on us doing stuff and and like family activity type things where, where the whole family goes to do stuff, um, especially for the younger folks, you know what I mean, um, that were there. There was, there was six of us, so we had a decent-sized group. So first thing we do after the buffet, so I clean out my system, hit the baño, do what I had to do. Then we go to an escape room. I have never had any desire to go to an escape room. Um, my wife, I don't think has ever had any desire to go to an escape room. It's not something we've ever thought we wanted to do. Um, but it was a decision by the team um, that we were going to go and we were going to do this. Um, I think we had a Groupon for it. Um, there's a lot of Groupon drama in this trip because Groupon, Groupon if you if you want Groupon, Groupon has fallen off in my opinion. It used to be you just bought the Groupon, it was yours, you moved on, you did what you had to do. Now you buy a Groupon, the shit be processing. They don't go through. Be acting funny. So we had some Groupon drama, but ultimately the Groupons got us where we had to go. Um, we went to the escape room, and luckily it wasn't a scary one. My wife's not into the horror stuff. There is a, I hear there's a Saw escape room in Vegas. It's supposed to be very, very good if you're into horror and scary shit. My wife's not, so that's not something we were really keen on doing. All right, so. We decided to hit the escape room. Now... We weren't exactly... I wouldn't call us just a bunch of like... uh, How would I explain it? We weren't the most skilled in regards to picking up on clues and figuring stuff out. I think as individuals we were pretty sharp. But as a collective, it was night one. We weren't all like... We all weren't all like melded and welded together yet. We didn't you know what I mean we hadn't we hadn't come together as a team. And that was our first activity. So it was kind of rough, I'm not gonna lie. So you're in the room for an hour. Our goal was to like awaken this like Mayan sun god to basically save the earth or some nonsense. Um, we were in this room and we had to figure out you know how to awaken this sun god to make it out of there. The guy told us who was the dude who, we'll call him Dave. His name wasn't Dave but we'll call him Dave. He was the guy who was our guide for the, the whole the whole experience. So he told us we had an hour. After fifteen minutes, he said we could use our walkie talkie to ask for clues and he'll give us clues, you know, based on what he could see from the cameras that we were working on. Um we started off okay and by like the fifteenth minute we had we had hit some like some snags in the road. We weren't exactly just crushing it at that point anymore. Um, so we started getting help. Um, at that point. Uh, In the end, no one yelled and screamed at each other or got into it. But we definitely had points where I think we were like, all right, you know what? This shit ain't gonna happen. Um, But with a little bit of help from our from our guy, Dave, we started piecing stuff together. And honestly, man, I gotta say, I never thought I would like an escape room. But whoever, whoever the nerds that come up with this shit, like, y'all are amazing man because this one was very elaborate and I don't know if a lot of them are like this but it wasn't just like oh you find a key man it was very much like you know there's like these flashing lights and if you you know you learn the pattern of how the lights flash and you click certain buttons it has certain colors it like would you know it turned these skulls on that flash lasers onto these two other you know pictures that were the part of another like puzzle we were putting together and it was just wild shit, man. It was very interesting, and uh, we had a fun time, and it was funny because we got to the point where we had like a minute left, and we thought that to, to get out of this room, we thought we, there was this door. We just had to finally get open, and we're thinking, all right, we're going to get this door open, and then we're out of here, and we were down to like 15 seconds, like, and we're like, all right, cool. We're, we're messing around, trying to figure out the combination. We finally get the combination. We swing this door open. We get the lock off, and we're thinking, all right, cool. We're through, and we're done. It's It's over nah, we opened the door and there was like still like a whole nother puzzle to finish. They, we started to put all these statues in a row and eventually the dude came in and we were like, yo what happened, man did we figure this out or what And he was like, nah, you didn't awaken the sun guy. We're like, how do we awaken this like how do we do this? And it was crazy because there was like these two like handprints in the wall that we thought like all right, there's two spots so two people put their hands there. We put all these statues where they're supposed to be and this whole this thing should be done. Um, and in the end, it was basically you all had to come together. Like, the, the only way to, to to make it all work was two people had to hold hands and touch these these two spots where the hands went. So we didn't get it done. Um, we took a photo at the end, and I kept it a buck. So if you see the photo on, on the Internet um, or on their website, because they were real excited to take photos with us, and I had made the decision. It was definitely because we were the only brown people that had been there in a long time. And they were like, we got to get a picture of this shit to put on the website so that they know that we're extremely inclusive here. Um, if I remembered the name of the place, I'll give them a shout out. I don't remember the name of the place. It's right off the strip. It's uh, right uh, behind the Tropicana. So if you ever want to go to an escape room, the joint behind the Tropicana, that's got a group behind, <laughs> it was a good time. But um, they took a photo of us. It's probably on their website. I held up the sign that said failed because that's what happened. We failed. Uh, but it was a good time. So... Night 1 was pretty pretty solid and we ended it with um hitting up the uh the casino and doing all that stuff. So now what I want to do is I want to get into another uh Sebastian bit um and then jump back into um jump back into more stuff about Vegas. Um so this next bit is about uh going to the pool when you're in Vegas or going to a public pool in general. So Right here, Sebastian Maniscalco Talking about what it's like To go to a public pool At a hotel And the shit that you see When you're there Here on My Wife Needs a Break The Podcast
1: So I'm like you know what Let me go relax at the pool Or to the pool area Now, I don't know how you people do the pool, but when I go to, like, a public pool, hotel pool, I go away from the people. I don't go near people. I don't chit-chat, all right? I know a lot of people like to go in the midst of people. Oh, hi. Oh, we love the weather. We come once a year. I don't do this shit, okay? I go away from it. I set up in my own little corner. I got three towels. I start making the thing, huh? Like a fitted sheet, everything. Tucked in. neat. I brought a book. I see people doing this on vacation. They bring a book to the pool. You ever see these people? I watch, I go, how are they reading here? 118 degrees, they're reading a full blown book. So I'm like, you know what? Let me try this. Let me bring a book to the pool. So I sit down, I open up my book. Now, my biggest problem, I can't mind my own business. I'm halfway through the, the first page. And I start looking around like, what the fuck are they doing? What is this? Why are they doing that? There's a group of guys came down loud. I'm not into loud people. I heard them before I saw them. It's this group. The high-five group, Never get this group that comes down? Why? You're 42 years old, why are you high-fiving? You're at the pool, you didn't score a touchdown. What are you high-fiving people for at the pool? And they sit right next to me. I'm like a magnet for these types, right? They sit right next to me, now I'm honed in on this group. Guy took his shoe off, four band-aids on his foot. How does it get to four band-aids? How does this happen? After one band-aid, isn't that a hospital visit? What are you trying to fix at your home with four band-aids? One box of Band-Aids should last your entire life. This is a one-time purchase. When you die, you should have leftover Band-Aids for generations to come. And I'm thinking, if this guy gets into the pool with his Band-Aids on, They're going to have to drain the pool and refill it. I'm not getting into the pool with Band-Aid juice floating on top of the pool. All right? I don't know what's underneath the Band-Aids. There's always a Band-Aid. There's always a loose Band-Aid in the pool. It will find you. You'll be talking, hanging out, right? The damn thing will just come in. You're like, oh, God! (laughs) You're wearing band-aids You should be disallowed In the pool area Okay But this is the country people This is what we're living in We are in trouble Igloo coolers and band-aids Okay No wonder the Chinese are winning
0: Alright You gotta watch out For that band-aid juice In the pool that sounds disgusting but it's true man you be seeing weird stuff at the pool you see a lot of weird stuff at the pool um, when we were in vegas we did a cabana day so we basically we got a cabana um, ours was at the mandalay bay definitely would recommend it um, mandalay has a cool pool i think mandalay is one of the coolest pools um, in vegas they've got like a wave they got like two sides that are wave pools and they've got sand, so they basically call it Mandalay Beach, so it's like a fake beach, and it's got sand, there's a lazy river, um, then there's a bunch of other pools all around, it's pretty, um, it's pretty expansive, there's a lot of stuff there, we had a cabana, so the six of us could just chill, and hang out, take it easy, take it easy. right behind our cabana was the uh, jacuzzi, the hot tub, and uh, I don't know what the deal is, man, but like, these hot tubs be just, like, packed to the brim, like, people like sardines in there, and I don't know about you. I'm not walking into no random, like, just sitting right next to some stranger just in the hot tub. I'm just not with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm all set. So that and then just kids, like, these, like, kids just running around and just, like, it's just a, it's a, it's an interesting place, man. Um, that's why I like having the cabana because, like, you can go to the water, do your thing. And then when you want to come back, you could chill in front of your own little spot. You don't got to worry about other people pulling up. None of that, all you gotta worry about is the drink lady coming by asking if you want more drinks, you don't gotta do nothing else, you don't gotta worry about nothing, um, the one downside, uh, to the, uh, Cabana was that we had a TV, which meant I could watch some of the playoffs to the NBA, and, uh, I'm not gonna do much sports right now, but, um, the amount of text messages, tweets, just people blowing me up, like, yo, what's good with your man, LeBron, son? Cavs are losing to the Pacers baby what's up how you feeling I feel fine it's sports like I've never understood people being so angry like yo it's sports you ain't on the team why you worried about it and that's the other part for me is like I can see if I was like a big time like you know I've never been a fan of one team I've had I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before but like I don't I didn't grow up with like one team you know what I'm saying like my my parents are both immigrants they came to this country like i learned some sports based on what my dad liked but my dad didn't really follow like sports in america to like that level because he's from europe Like he watched soccer you know he's portuguese um you know and my mom didn't really, doesn't really care about sports so growing up i was always into singular player i was into players you know i followed players so you know my favorite player of all time was shaquille o'neal so when i was a kid I liked the Orlando Magic, and then he switched to the Lakers, and I liked the Lakers, and then he went to Miami, and I liked Miami, and I followed Shaq around from every team until he retired. Um, before, you know, and as he got closer to retirement, um, I had become a LeBron James fan when I was in high school because I was in high school, he was in high school, he was doing his thing. I thought it was super dope, and then he went to the league, and I wanted him to win, you know, and he and he struggled in the beginning, and he couldn't win, you know, and, and then eventually he finally started winning in Miami, and now you know got a, got a ring in Cleveland. And, um, you know, I like I think it's funny because people when he wins, people get so angry. But when he loses, man, people come for you. So a lot of people know I'm a LeBron guy. So they come at me all the time. So they lost game one of their series. So everyone's coming for me, you know, and maybe people are right, man. Maybe this is the year LeBron don't make the finals, but I ain't tripping on it. So save your tweets and save your texts. I don't care that much. I didn't even watch the whole game again because I was in Vegas by the pool. But there was a TV. So when I was chilling, eating my cheeseburger. I did check out the game a little bit just to see what was popping. I also watched the, the OKC game. So I wasn't just watching that. I was watching whatever was on. But that's that with the sports. I don't want to do too much sports. We'll do a little bit more as the playoffs kind of go. Perhaps we'll see if we get back to it. But um, I don't think it really it's been, a I think, a challenging part of the podcast. Like I do a lot of sports and then I think not everyone's into that. So I'm easing off on the sports a little bit. I think eventually if I want to do a separate podcast, it's just about sports. Maybe I could do that in the future, but I did want to talk about it because while I was at the pool, people were blow me up on my ass about the thing. All right. So Vegas trip continued. What else did we do? I mentioned that we were getting adventurous and by adventurous, I mean basically doing anything that's not gambling, sleeping or eating, because that's how me and my wife normally get down. Activity number two that was planned for the whole family was going into the desert to ride ATVs. Okay, I've never ridden an ATV, I've never gone off-roading, none of these are activities that I've part- partaken, you know, I don't I don't really do that, not because I'm like against it or not wanting to, I just never really had a opportunity or a reason, and I never sought out that opportunity, but um, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, they really wanted to go ride ATVs out in the desert, so we did that, I was pretty proud because my wife was gonna was going to ride like she decided she was going to, you know, she was going to do it. She was going to ride the ATVs. We get to the spot. She's all locked in. She's got a helmet. She got the goggles, everything we brought our, our. We don't have a real GoPro. I've talked about this in the past. I have like a fake GoPro. It's like a cheap yet on Amazon. It's like 60 bucks. Still works great. Good quality stuff. And we had used that to film like a like essentially what was like a food vlog of my wife like getting ready to pick her what, her, her uh, 30th birthday cake. I talked about this a few episodes ago. Um, so we brought that with us. That has a mount and everything. So my wife mounted the camera onto her ATV. Because we were just going to film us riding around. You know what I mean? And um, after she did a few loops. She decided she didn't want to do it. She didn't want to stay on the ATV the whole time. So she bailed on us. So she backed out. And she rode with the uh, tour guide in the dune buggy, which was leading us throughout the you know this desert. Um, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you you think you and someone are on the same page. Like, this is what happened with me and my wife. Like, I looked at her from a distance. I was like, hey, what are you doing? And she was like, nah, it's not going to happen. And I looked at her and was like, did you get the camera? And she basically looked at me and kind of smiled. And to me, I'm like, all right, she heard me. We're good money. She didn't hear me. She left the camera on, on ATV. We went off for like an hour, you know, riding ATVs through the desert, whipping around. You know what I mean? I was riding around and I was getting it. And then we came back to the main site and she tried to find the ATV that she left her camera on, was nowhere to be found. Um, The company didn't find it. And essentially we lost the camera. It was only 60 bucks. The only thing I'm sad about is that I'm a nobody. You know what I mean? I'm not important in any way or famous in any way. And I just wish I was more famous because I would have loved the idea that we lost this this camera, and somebody made a joke. They were like, "Oh damn, man! Imagine if y'all had like, like a sex tape on that camera." I'm like, "Cause that's what I would be doing with my GoPro. I'd be I'd be filming, you know. You know what I mean, I'd be I'd be filming myself fucking. Like, of course that's what I would do. With it, Right? No, stupid. Like, I, it would be funny if I was important enough that." If somebody found it and then they found just videos of me and my wife just trying cakes and talking like it was like the Food Network, just how funny that would be to that for that to leak onto the internet. Like, that would be hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, comedian and wife eat cupcakes. Um, but we lost that camera. But the, the, but the experience was great. I had a lot of fun. It was very dusty out there. We were in the desert. But I will say, highly recommended... Um, it was a good time. I had a lot of fun. It was a good way for us to all bond as a family too. All all out for a ride together. It was it was pretty it was pretty tight, um, but it was tiring, yo. My arms were super tired. I, that's how I knew I was out of shape. I was like, there's no way I could be tired from just riding an ATV. I didn't physically. All I did was move my hands to like rev the thing up. Like I didn't even do anything. So I'm a little embarrassed that I um, was tired as shit afterwards. But that did happen. I was tired. Um, so we did ATV, and during the afternoon, we finished up the night that night by going to the nightclub. We went to a nightclub. We went to Dre's, which is a, it's like a, it's a nightclub, but also it's like a beach club. It was like it's like a rooftop deal. It's very popular. A lot of hip hop artists go there. So we went to Dre's. Um, Ti was performing. The King, as he calls himself, Tip, um, he was there performing that night. Um, my wife had got us on the guest list, which don't really mean anything in Vegas. It just means you're on the list and like, that's it. Like, you know, it's nothing. Um, we I was anticipating personally that I was going to have to pay to get in because I'm a guy and it's a club and only women get in free, you know, like and my wife's thought process was like, oh, well, if you know, if our ratio is like four or four women and only two guys, maybe you guys will get in free. The only guys I was seeing getting in free that night were dudes who came through with like a gang of females that look like I only way I could describe them would be bottle chasers. They look like if you ain't bringing the type of chicks that look like they're getting invited into the VIP and the dudes with the money are going to spend a lot of bread. You ain't about to get in free for nothing. You about to pay your money. So we get in line. The line is literally wrapped around the casino. Dre's is at a casino called the Cromwell. Um, and the line was nuts they got all these vultures man these fake ass party promoters you know who you are all you you fucking bozos you you every time someone goes to vegas and tags anything on instagram you fucking cornballs you fake ass party promoting bum ass no fucking associate degree having motherfuckers you you get on social media and you follow the people and you like their picture You know what I mean? you put your stupid phone number to text them to get on the guest list. Yeah, I'm talking to you, you fake fucking losers. They walk around and they try to poach goofy people like us, like bozos like us who want to get into the club. And they see that big ass line and you got females in heels who don't want to even be wearing them heels. And everyone was kind of like, man, like this guy saying we could skip the line for 20 bucks. You know what I'm saying? So people put down their 20 bucks and, and all he does is he skips you past like the main line to get to basically the line that you pay at so he didn't get you anywhere closer. he just he just helps you avoid the line you know what I mean you think you're gonna like be in a better situation but really you should have just stayed in the line so we end up trying to get through quicker because everyone just wants to get in the club and post up because we're trying to get good you know a good vantage point to see ti perform so we got to the club around like 10 30 11 o'clock um ti likely wasn't going to go on and, and everything i would been told and have noticed about these clubs when you got the artists who were big names they don't really come out till like you know at the earliest 12 30 at the latest like 2 two thirty. 30 so there's like a, a pretty big window of time but we wanted to get there early enough to post up so we paid we got to the front of the line then we get to the cashier she tells my wife, "All right, cool. You have four women. Y'all are all free. The two guys are gonna be fifty apiece. So now my brother-in-law is like fifty dollars. Like, what do we just pay this other guy twenty bucks for? Which to me was just a classic. Like I was like, my man, we paid twenty bucks to get up front. That's what we paid twenty bucks for. Now they want another fifty out of us. So we ponied up. We paid the fifty. We got into the club. We go to the bar." And I got a Henny and Coke and the, it cost $16. And I was just like, this is the only drink I'm having. I'm going to sip this until it turns into water and it's going to be my second drink. I'm going to eat this ice. Like I ain't letting not a drop go to waste. I might keep the cup. Like guess I might just keep the plastic cup just as a souvenir because you're charging $16 for a Henny and a Coke. Um, and, you know, we get there. We're doing it. We're, we're, we're hanging out. And the worst part about going to the club, to be honest, is. You got to stand around for literally, like, ever waiting for the main act to come out. But in that time that you're waiting, the first DJ who's up can't play nothing new because he's not allowed to because the main DJ is going to come on before the artist. He gets to play all the hits. So you don't get to play none of the hot Migos records. You don't get to play none of the hot, you know, you know, you know, whoever, you know I'm saying, Drake, you don't get to pay, play none of the. None of those hot records. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't get to do that. You don't get to play, you know, the DJ Khaled and all that. You no, know, you, you get to play old shit and stuff that nobody knows and stupid blends, you know, stupid like blends of songs that nobody want to hear. So that's what the first DJ did. The second DJ was cool. His name is DJ Franzen. I think he's like the resident DJ there. He's got a guy who comes out and like he, he plays the drums while he's playing all the records. So he basically plays the drums over... Um, the music homeboys playing it was pretty tight um but you know we were ready for TI TI didn't come out till about 2 in the morning is when TI showed up um now prior to TI showing up we avoided numerous numerous moments that could have resulted in full-fledged beatdowns there was this chick who kept bumping into my sister-in-law and I could see it in her eyes my sister-in-law was ready to throw down this chick she's ready to, to beat her up my wife on the other hand who was, was drinking but was was very chill like was was laughing and giggly and, and and dancing and hanging out with any random person she wants. She was out here making friends, which you know is a complete one. You know, I mean? complete one eighty whole different thing from when uh, we went to Vegas and we talked about Vegas in episode one on the podcast. When there was that drunk chick who tried to fight my wife um, at a uh, Cirque du Soleil show. So, luckily, there was no fights. There was one drink that got spilled on my sister in law. Which I thought was going to result in, again, I thought I thought I was going to go down. I was very prepared to, like, I wasn't going to mush nobody, but I was definitely ready to just be a fat person and just lean into a bunch of people and knock them over. You got chicks in heels. I was ready to just, like, knock them down domino style and call it a day. Um, but luckily, no fists were thrown. We got done. Um, we got out the club. My wife was ready. My wife had socks in her purse. She took her socks out. She took her heels off, put her socks on her feet, and she walked barefoot. Um, straight through the strip, back to the back to the casino. We got back to the casino at about three three 4 o'clock, and my wife went straight to the craps tables. Um like what I'm gonna say to to wrap up the, the the vegas portion of the podcast is shout outs to my wife because she has gone from being somebody who just plays slots to now my wife is a full fledged table gambler. Like She plays roulette and craps, like it's nobody's business. She was playing craps. She went to play craps in her club clothes and socks, like at three o'clock in the morning after being out all day. She was about it, man. She was out there gambling. You know, I basically had to pull her away from the tables. Um, so she's 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 next level. So we'll see next time we go back. Hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have some more stories, but. You know, it was a good trip. The family had a lot of fun. Um, I want to play one more clip um, from Sebastian. um, And I'll talk a little bit about seeing him live and wrap it up with some comedy stuff. This next clip, I think, kind of symbolizes like going away, like leaving. Um, It's about airport uh, check-ins and airport security. Um, I think it's pretty funny. Hopefully you enjoy it. Um, Luckily for us, we were driving back to California. So all we had to do is just pack the bags, throw them in the trunk and drive. But, you know, we've done it many times where we got to get to the airport and deal with airport security, checking in and all that. We all deal with it. So I think this one's real funny. So check this out. Sebastian Maniscalco talking about airport security and airport check-ins here on My Wife Needs a Break.
1: It was time for me to check in, right? Now, the check-in process at the airport, they don't want to look at you head down, right? Right? No smile, nothing. I feel like I'm working. I I feel like I work at United. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) Right? The only time they get happy is when the bag goes over the weight allowance. They love telling you, you're going to owe extra on this bag. And you know it's heavy. When you're packing it at home, you tell your wife, we're never going to make it with this. okay, okay. Okay. okay." so heavy, right? You put it up there and you know it's heavy so you kind of try and release it. You do that like kind of soft release like that's going to take, take weight off the bag. And her mood changes. She's like Ooh, I'm sorry. Your bag is two pounds over. You're going to have to take two pounds out of your bag. Now, like an idiot, I gotta open up my bag in front of 187 people. I don't know what two pounds is. I'm taking out a boot, a sock, toothpaste. Is this two pounds? Does anybody know what two pounds is? They're gonna charge me an extra $8,000. You think the boot's a half a pound? I go, where do you want me to put this? She said, put that in your carry-on. I said, it's still going on the plane. (laughs) What does it matter? If it's on top or underneath? The guy behind me is 500 pounds. That doesn't matter? into the Pacific, but you prepared for this type of wait? It's a scam. Every part of that airport bothers me. The TSA, the security checkpoint. This is what's guarding our country. Have you seen what's in the blue shirts at O'Hare? Do you feel safe with this type of security? I've been all over the world, Egypt, Lebanon, Beirut. I've been all over. The security in their airports, unbelievable. All military, neat hats, machine guns. (laughs) Have you seen our first line of defense? You see the first guy they send out? Take out your laptop! On. Have you seen people's, Have you seen people's <laughs> Guy took a shoe off, looked like he had a machete hanging off his toe. I swear to God, like he could cut provolone. Just a thin slice of provolone. How does your toenail get to this point? Don't you glance down and go, Shit, I gotta cut this before it starts coming through my shoes. These are basic skill sets.
0: So on the final night of our trip to Vegas, my wife and I decided to go check out Sebastian Maniscalco live at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace um, it was a great show um, The opening act Pat McGann Pat McGann was very funny I believe he opens for Sebastian all over the country He was great um, And Sebastian was great Sebastian did about an hour and a half of material um, He was prepping like I mentioned In the beginning of the podcast For you know this week that he's going to record His um, Netflix special um, At Radio City Music Hall He's doing five shows so man, uh, sending much respect to Sebastian. I hope he gets a great, you know, a great film in, and I hope he, you know, is able to piece together something really fun. And I really look forward to watching it um, on Netflix. I mean, me, my dad, my mom, my brother, when I was home over the holidays, we watched Sebastian. I was trying to tell my dad like, you got to watch this guy. He's hilarious, and a lot of the things that he talks about being Sicilian and Italian and growing up with immigrant parents. Um, Is similar things that my father can relate to, you know, coming from Portugal and just little things about kind of European families and how they behave and stuff. So I would highly recommend y'all check out Sebastian. Um, The show is great. It was, it was really cool to watch him work. It was really cool to see how, and even in a big theater, they try to find ways to like still, you know, this, like I mentioned earlier, he's very, his facial expressions and his act outs and his physical nature on stage is really part of what makes him funny and um they did a great job of being able to have enough screens that it wasn't overwhelming but it was still like if you weren't right up on top of him you could see how funny it was you know like like as if you were sitting in the front row can see you know could see him so clearly Um, so that was really cool so big shout out to sebastian um again i hope y'all enjoyed the clips that i played um on the podcast this week um, and hopefully y'all take the time to go check out his Netflix special. Um, and also just, you know, check him out on the Internet. He's got a lot of specials out there that are really funny. So big ups to Sebastian. Um, kind of wrapping things up here on My Wife Needs a Break, episode eight. Um, the Vegas trip was a lot of fun. But when we got back home, so we left Vegas at about 10 a.m. We, we checked out of the hotel. We left Vegas at 10 a.m. I got back here to San Diego at about three o'clock in the afternoon and I went straight to work because I was again trying to work at least part of the day so I could avoid using vacation time so I went to work and worked till like five thirty, um and then I had a show at the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego big shout outs to Chris Espinosa for the spot I really appreciate it man it was, you didn't have to give me that spot but I really appreciate you looking out and putting me on the show it was a fun show um and i was tired man it really puts some stuff into perspective for me about like still being professional getting up there and trying to be funny even if you're super tired like you know i hadn't slept slept much when we were in vegas drive all the way back to san diego you know go to work and then and go to this show but it really put into perspective to me like i know guys who are working comics who 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 do the road man and like you know i've seen comics i know you know that drive you know like eight nine hours to get to a place to do a gig you know like and you know most times they're not driving eight nine hours and automatically getting on stage but there are times where they're driving four or five hours straight and then doing a show that night you know what i mean and and you know they're tired and everything but for me it was really a sign of like that's what these comics who are working comics on the road deal with man like they get to the airport they deal with all the stuff sebastian talked about in his in the last uh, bit we played about airport security and you know like you know checking in your bags and all that like people deal with the airport every day and then they go do their shows those nights when they get into those towns and, like imagine just like you live in LA and you get on a flight you know when you fly to you know like <laughs> friggin like Idaho somewhere you can go to Boise and you go doing a show and you're doing a show that night and you got three four or five more shows that weekend you know, you're, you're tired and you've been traveling, but you got to go up and be funny. People paid money to see you be funny. So it was a good experience. I really appreciate it. So big shout outs again to Chris Espinosa for the spot. Hoping to, like I said, chip away and keep getting booked a little bit more on some shows out here in San Diego and keep uh, trying to progress and hopefully, you know, you know, get some more work. Um, I do have a private show that's for the students um, here at UC San Diego. If you're a UC San Diego student that listens, um, we're going to be in the village um, at UCSD. It's going to be sunset comedy. We're doing comedy up on the 15th floor of one of our buildings. It's going to be real cool. We'll be able to see the sunset in the background, overseeing the ocean. Um, I'll be telling jokes. I'll be hosting the show. Um, Maria Herman, who's um, based in San Diego, she'll be headlining and closing out the show. So I'm excited to work with her. She's very funny. Um, Australian woman. Very interesting takes on things. So Really looking forward to her. Uh, Looking forward to flexing, you know, trying out some trying to work on more college material. I think that, you know, considering I work at university settings, I think that the college market is one that I'm I'm missing out on because I have a lot of things that I feel like can resonate with college students. So I got to really work on, like, building that material, you know, and that might not be material I can use all the time. But I think in the college settings and down the road when I work colleges more, I think it'll be real good to have that in the back pocket. So gonna keep working on that gonna keep hitting these open mics um gonna keep trying to be consistent i just had a a guy um out here in san diego who's a local comic um hit me up so uh, i'm gonna work on connecting with him and he's a funny dude and um gonna hopefully get him on the podcast so we'll talk about who that is in the future um and hopefully get him on the podcast as well but kind of cool to start building some connections here in san diego and the comedy scene is taking a little bit of time for me but um i'm excited about starting to make some connections which is really really cool. So um hoping to hit some more open mics this week and then get ready for the show on Friday and yeah and keep going from there. Um if you're looking for show information or any other info um always check me on social media. Um, it's real easy to find me. Just search the hashtag Rui Comedy and you'll always be able to find me all over different social media platforms if you're struggling to figure out where I'm at. If you want a one-stop shop to get everywhere just go to Rui Comedy. Dot com, And that'll get you everything from shows to the podcast to, um, you know, links of other podcasts I've been on. You know, everything is there for you to check out, um, you know, and, and kind of make your way to all those various m- modes of, of checking out info from me. So I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, episode eight. My wife needs a break. Uh, let's meet in Vegas. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Hopefully, you'll turn, tune in next week for our next episode. Um, I'm really enjoying it, and I hope you are too. So, y'all have a great day, night, whenever you're listening to this. Again, if you're listening at all and you made it this far, I appreciate you. It uh, means a lot to me that you take the time to listen. Um, definitely, if you're someone who listens on the regular, hit me up, man. Hit me up on social media. Let me know you listen because um, I really appreciate You taking the time out. And last week I did some shout outs. Uh, Shout outs to my home girl, Keisha. She told me recently she listens to the podcast. I had no idea. So I appreciate you checking out the podcast. It means a lot to me. Um, You know, like I said, everybody who listens to it every week. I appreciate you. That's why I shouted y'all out last week. I don't want to overdo it with the shout outs. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you have a great day or evening. Um, And check us out again soon. My wife needs a break. Episode number eight. That's a wrap.